millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hulk Hogan drops legs, but Vince McMahon, he drops entire bloody characters. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, and these are the 10 worst sacrifices in WWE. Number 10, Zack Ryder's push. Unwilling to stagnate and with a creative and switched on mind, Zack Ryder spent much of 2010 and 2011 getting himself over to an audience of fans WWE didn't have the nous to even explore. His self-made YouTube show reimagined his gimmick, rebadged a ton of his, let's be honest, previously irritating catchphrases and reinvigorated interest in his act from those in the audience that were far more switched on than WWE themselves out. It's presumably why they saw to it that the whole thing be sacrificed to John Cena and Kane. Internally viewed as the people's project rather than their own, WWE seemed to build him only with the express purpose of breaking him. The wheelchair flashpoint remains the definitive takeaway, but just examining that scene finds a man literally and figuratively beaten down by a company that chose spite over piles and piles of cash. Number nine, Ali can't save or solve the retribution problem. All problems, considering how littered with flaws that stable was from the moment it first appeared on Monday Night Raw. When Mustafa Ali was revealed as the leader of retribution, I'm sorry, where are my manners? It offered him a lifeline away from the lame gaggle of mid-card losers that populated some of the three-hour show's squash match rotation. Ali was amongst them and thus fairly pissed off with his lot, so said the law of the stable. And indeed, Ali himself, after claiming responsibility for being the SmackDown hacker earlier in the year in a desperate attempt to tie a couple of frayed ends together. Though no babyface momentum was sacrificed with his turn, he simply had none to lose, his credibility was left in tatters by how good his Twitter attempts were to clean up an on-screen mess. Awesome monologues shouldn't make you want to tell a gimmick to piss off, but Mustafa Ali was telling his own stories to cover for putrid ones on television. Number 8. Bantering off Bailey as a babyface. Vince McMahon cannot discern between childlike 
and a literal child. I mean, for God's sake, he doesn't even know what a burrito is. Having lost the gold to Alexa Bliss and failed to grit her teeth through battering her with a kendo stick, the beloved hugger and former NXT champion was at something of a crossroads. So came segments throughout the summer that infantilised Bailey almost as much as The Fiend did to Bliss herself. In all those segments, his Twitter bloody acolyte deny are deeply questionable. She was begging a patronisingly perplexed Corey Graves for a hug. She was suffering the this is your life treatment and even having deeply bizarre accusations made about her relationship with her father, teachers and other adults. Of which she was one because the whole point of the gimmick was having the hope and wonder of a child not being six sodding years old. It took one of the great modern reinventions to recover it. Until they did it again. Number 7. Bantering off Bailey at WrestleMania 37. To put over the disrespect to Bailey's current character here is to put over WrestleMania as the be-all end-all for WWE talent in 2021, when that is clearly and objectively not the case. Yet, despite that caveat, the role model deserved more than to be sacrificed to multiple legends in several verbal and physical battles. Getting pied by the NWO, getting shooed off by Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff, and getting battered by the Bella Twins was in keeping with WWE's typical treatment of current stars in the presence of old ones. And it's why, and it has been for decades, the former never reached the levels of the latter. Number 6. Talking Smack 1.0 is binned. Aside from wishy-washy notes about ratings, and when considering that NXT used to draw lower numbers than Table for 3, this was clearly never the be-all end-all when it came to network programming decisions, there was never much else given as reasoning for Talking Smack's abrupt cancellation in 2017, and SmackDown instantly missed it. The 2016 golden age for the brand was punctuated by an awesome post-show that brought the unscripted best out in roster members long before the this company is systematically inept and I have nowhere else to vent promos polluted the Twitter sphere on a near weekly basis. Renee Young is perhaps the best host WWE has ever had, apart from of course Titus hosting WrestleMania naturally. And the giggly and mischievous Daniel Bryan had a knack for bringing out something new in the guests, or even just popping the whole room with his bollocks if the entertainment had kind of dried up. Not like that. As with any corporate monolith, WWE is at its best when it doesn't feel like WWE. This felt closer to a polished podcast than B-show shoulder programming. If you like podcasts, by the way, what culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, it's genuinely one of the best podcasts out there, and I would know because I'm part of it. Anyway, number five, the Nexus are fed to John Cena. How could you do this to my best friend? That this entry isn't isolated to one single incident should highlight just how badly sacrificed the Nexus were to the ruthless WWE machine. But over a decade on from their tunnel visioned destruction, and it's hard to see if a corresponding number of lessons were ever actually learnt. An exceptional July 2010 debut for the group fed neatly into an awesome SummerSlam build. But the whole premise was bludgeoned when John Cena survived the worst onslaught of the group and overcame a two-on-one disadvantage to win with relative ease. With that plaster pulled clean off, WWE were only too happy to have the champ humble and humiliate them further during a storyline designed to make up for the lousy SummerSlam booking. He joined the infamous t-shirt group and never wore the shirt until an angle six days before he left them. 
he dismantled them after that. It wasn't all for naught. I mean, Cena has lost some high-profile matches in his latter years, at very least understanding how important it is to use his value to inflate that of others. If only he'd done it a little sooner. Number four, the Women's Tag Team Championships become comedic in their second defence. Right, I'm going to level with you here. I'm just going to read what Walter, sorry, what Michael Hamflet has written for this verbatim, because to be honest, I quite like the title change at WrestleMania 35. Anyway, mm. babyfaces in wrestling cannot make promises if they aren't booked to keep them, and the boss and hug connection broke a massive one. Sasha Banks and Bayley had to will the women's tag team titles into existence in WWE over several years of asking, and much of that came from evident frustration over neither getting the singles push either of them very obviously deserved. When they finally struck gold in 2019, they were permitted to promise the world with them. The belts were going to be defended all the time and across multiple brands, they claimed. This was hugely encouraging. Establishing a belt as credible via credible champions ensures its long-term security. Then, in their second televised defence, after six weeks, they lost them to the Iconics. This is, of course, not a slight on any of the four wrestlers, but on the shocking creative choice to dissolve a vital reign in service of a comedy act, but very good comedy act. The belts have, rarely due to the talent, been almost unrecoverable since, save for one period in 2020, when they were proudly held aloft by, oh yeah, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Number three, the Iconics are split up for no reason. Ooh. I'm fine. I'm fine. So, neither of them were masters of everything, but then again, who is? Peyton Bloody Royce, when permitted, had shown flashes of being one of the division's best in-ring stars, while Billy Bloody Kay had proven before, during, and after the duo's dominance how effective she can be as comedic foil. They're also, you know, just like me and Stu Bennett, real-life best friends and said chemistry explodes off the screen when they're together. So WWE had virtually no notice and with wholly unrealistic stakes, split them up. What? Buried deep in the dreaded empty performance center era of Monday Night Raw, the pair lost a match to the Riot Squad in which the winners would get a title shot. As if within the confines of the company, you actually have to work to get one of those f***ing things. This is the problem with making it up as you go along. It's not just snarky ultra fans like me that can pick holes in a pointless move, but casual fans too. And they'll stop watching in their millions over the last decade. As they have. This decision was definitely not... <clears throat> Iconic! Number two. Vince McMahon picks Hulk Hogan over Yokozuna and Bret Hart. It was all he'd known. Well, not all he'd known, but enough of Vince McMahon's fortune had come from pushing Hulk Hogan that he felt it worth a gamble yet again in 1993, even if it came at the expense of two brand new headliners in one go. WrestleMania 9's disastrous conclusion has been covered at length over the years, but what gets a little less attention is just how much of a knobhead Hogan was after the fact. McMahon sacrificed Yokozuna's first pinfall loss and Bret Hart over the course of about three minutes, and it took Hogan about as long to disgrace the belt he'd won during this farce. Taking it with him to New Japan Pro Wrestling to try and milk a money deal there, he referred to the WWE Championship 
as a trinket compared to an IWGP prize he now allegedly desired. As if to prove the point, he neglected to appear once in front of a live televised crowd with a belt until his King of the Ring make good loss to Yokozuna, not Bret Hart, in June. Number 1. NXT Losers Focus and Losers a War When the original WWE Network version of NXT was expanded to two hours and dropped onto USA Network with a view of marginalising the fledgling AEW's success, the company sacrificed more than just a relatively sound developmental process. The aura around the black and gold brand was seemingly unshakable, despite its place at the core of a company that seems to thrive on chaos in the image of its ancient ruler. Wrestlers would leave for redder and bluer pastures, but the new ones that took their places helped compensate for the loss before becoming new favourites themselves. Triple H's propensity for signing fully trained beloved stars helped expedite that too. Great wrestlers begat great stories, or at least good ones told well and functionally to foster great matches at takeovers. It was an arrangement almost everybody was at peace with until the Wednesday Night War began in 2019. At that point, NXT lost tribalist fans to AEW, but lost the discerning audience to rush job angles and ramshackle booking. That Dynamite was a good show only highlighted its flaws too. In April 2021, NXT moved to Tuesdays, and it would do well to revert to the simplistic show of old too. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.